our presider, Dr. Gregory, to Dean Steeles, to all of the preachers and seminarians present today, all of you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed we are to gather in his name one more time. Um, I was thinking about chapel Bishop College. It was required of everyone and you could get expelled, sent home quicker for missing chapel <laughs> than you probably could anything else. Um, and um, there was a head count and you had to check in three days a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and, and Fridays. Let me thank you for this privilege to come and share with you during this season. I'm thankful again for my sisters and my wife and brother-in-law who are here. Uh, my assistant, Reverend Lewis E. Stewart and his wife is here and I have some members who came to share today. I want to thank you for your presence. It means, it means much. And then to be here this time when you honor and remember the ministry of the late E.K. Bailey. It has been said that the true measure of one's greatness, it is measured by how your work continues once you leave it. If that is true, and I believe that it is, E.K. Bailey was greatness walking among us. He, he revolutionized this idea of church growth and development in the African-American church. Uh, E.K. Bailey literally fathered that in the African-American church. We still benefit from his work today. And then his conference on expository preaching continues even to this day. The uh, measure of greatness is how your work continues once you leave it. And for that, we say to God, be all the glory, honor, and praise. From the scripture that has been read, found in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, I, I want to talk about a word from Troas. In Acts chapter 16, Paul desperately wanted uh, to, to have a new missionary thrust in Asia. But the Bible says he was forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. But for Paul, there was still hope for there was this option of this place known as Bithynia. Bithynia was that fertile land that lay on the shores of the Black Sea. But again, the scriptures tell us that the Spirit 
suffered them not to go in to Bithynia. Twice he has been hindered. And he ends up in this third-rate area called Troas. He tried to go into Asia. He was forbidden. Tried to go in to Bithynia, but the Bible says the spirit suffered him not. Another translation says the door was closed. And he ends up in this small little obscure place called Troas. But while in Troas, he has a vision of a man of Macedonia crying out, come over into Macedonia and help us. Brothers and sisters, there's a man from Macedonia in all of our lives. There, 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 there's a man from Macedonia crying out in all of our lives to come and, and help us. For Paul, this man of Macedonia became the beckoning hand of God. Now when you read this text, there doesn't appear to be a whole lot here for been bidden from going into Asia. The door being closed on Bithynia. And they end up in this little third-rate area called Troas. But there, Paul has a vision. This man from Macedonia crying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And Luke says, after he shared with us the vision, we concluded that the Lord was calling us to preach the gospel to them in Macedonia. What is God saying to us today? He says to us, first of all, that there are times when God guides us by way of closed doors. Forbidden. Another translation renders it hindered from going into Asia. And the door is closed on Bithynia. Everywhere they were trying to do go, doors were being closed in their faces. Now we know if Paul tried to go into Asia, if he tried to go into Bithynia, rest assured, he gave it everything he had. Because when you read the life of study, the life of Paul, you discover that Paul was no halfway man. His life was not made up of glorious beginnings and premature endings. There are some folk go through life and they become masters of unfinished pro projects. They begin, but they never finish. Whatever Paul set his hands to, he gave all of his strength, all of his might, all that he had to see it through. Luke doesn't tell us how the Spirit kept them out of Asia, how the Holy Ghost closed the door on Bithynia. We don't know if it was by inner feeling or some outer frustration. 
We, we don't know if it was by way of vision or voice. But here's what we do know. Paul was so sensitized to the moving of the Spirit that he could read the signpost the Holy Ghost had set up for his direction. And I think I ought to tell you today that if you're going to have a successful journey, you've got to be able to read the signpost that the Holy Ghost set up for your direction. When you look at this thing, the life of every man is a diary in which he sets out to write one story. But because of closed doors, he writes another story altogether. Livingston set out for China, but God sent him to Africa. Judson tried to go to India, but the Lord sent him to Burma. Carrie tried to go to the South Seas, but God sent him to India. Billy Graham, when he began ministry, only wanted to pastor a small church somewhere, and God made him a world evangelist. Where would you be if God had not closed some doors in your life? You ever thought about the wrong roads? you would have taken? The trouble and tragedy your life would have ended up in if God had not closed some doors in your life? Have you ever had a door closed on you? It looked open. It looked like a great opportunity, but then the door was closed. And every now and then when you pray and you thank God for the doors he's opened, don't stop there. Take a little time and thank God for the doors he's closed. There are times when God has to close the door on our present situation in order to get us to walk through a new door of opportunity and possibilities. We honor in this service the life and ministry of E.K. Bailey. E.K. Bailey had been assigned a task by the National Baptist Convention of America to put together a format for the minister's conference. He worked hours and days and weeks and months. And when he finally finished it and presented it, they closed the door in his face. He said he was rather frustrated, wasted time, effort, energy, the door closed. But he had gathered this put this format together and it opened another door, a new door that became the E.K. Bailey International Expository Preaching Conference. There are times when God guides us by way 
of closed doors. The door was closed on Bithynia. They end up in Troas. But while in Troas, Paul has this vision of this man from Macedonia praying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And Luke says, once he shared with us the vision, we immediately concluded that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them in Macedonia. God not only guides us by way of closed doors, but there are times when God guides us by way of broken plans. Paul has suffered a double disappointment. Most men would have thrown in the towel. I tried to go into Asia, but I was hindered. I then tried to go to Bithynia, but the door was closed. And here I am now in this little third-rate area called Troas. He, he wanted Bithynia. But what he got was Troas. Bithynia was a land that was filled with fertile fields. Um, that, that was a whole lot of timber in Bithynia. It had excellent pastures. Fruits and grains grew in Bithynia. There was marble in Bithynia. There was a large harbor in Bithynia. Bithynia was filled with promise and possibilities, but the door was closed. And he ends up in Troas. Troas was nothing to get excited about. It was unproductive and unresponsive. He wanted Bithynia, but he ends up with Troas. Do you not know that's the story of all of our lives? But at some, because at some time in all of our lives, we wanted Bithynia. But we ended up with Troas. What do you do when you want Bithynia? But you end up in Troas. G. Campbell Morgan said, that it's better to be in Troas with God than to be anywhere else without God. And the question is, where is Troas? Troas is a place of disappointment. Troas is that place you didn't plan on being. Troas was never on the map of your life. Nobody leaves home to go to Troas. It's a place of broken hopes and shattered dreams. Troas is a place of disappointment. But it's also a place of discouragement. It's a place of dead ends. It's a place of termination. It's that place you get to when you want to throw in the tile. And you wonder, is it really worthwhile to go on? But it's also a place of depression. It's that place where you've lost your joy. And, and COVID 
has placed us all in some Troas. Amen. Because the truth is, if you have not experienced some form of depression during this pandemic, chances are you had real problems before the pandemic. And somebody here today, I know you're sitting in a chapel service. In the words of the old preacher, you came in smiling, styling, and profiling. You sit here today and look as though you don't have a care in the world. But the truth is, if folk only knew how you were doing underneath the skin, you'd have to admit, preacher, I'm sitting here, but I'm in Troas. I'm in a place of disappointment. I never planned on being where I am now in life. I thought I would be farther along the way. And then there's someone else. You'd have to say, I'm in Troas because I'm discouraged. I'm about ready to quit. I really want to throw in the tide. And then others could say, yes, I'm in Troas. I'm in a place of depression. I've lost my joy. I go to worship every Sunday, but I leave there and I don't feel good because I haven't felt God. God has a word for you in Troas. What we discover in Troas is that what we consider to be our second and third choices may very well be God's first choice. It's clear Macedonia was not on their radar, but it was on the radar of the Almighty. Amen. And in order to get them there, he, they were hindered from going into Asia and the door was closed on Bithynia and they end up in, in Troas. Troas is that place where God has boxed us in in order that he might strip us of hindrances and the lower entanglements of life in order that we might achieve the higher in us. Here's the reality. God intends for all of his children to spend a little time in Troas. Amen. Tears a hole in all of this, name it and claim it. Grab it, grab it and have it and call it and haul it stuff. God intends for all of us to spend a little time in Troas because there are some lessons in life you only learn in Troas. There are times when in order for God to take us to that next level in life, we've got to pass through Troas. There's some discipline he wants to bring into your life that you only get when you're in Troas. But while in Troas, Paul has a vision. And Luke says, once he shared with us the vision, we got ready to leave for Macedonia. Once Paul had this vision, we got ready to leave for Macedonia. 
we got ready. Troyes is that place where God gets us ready. It's that place of preparation in order that God may take us to the next chapter in our lives. So rather than dreading Troas, learn how to thank God for Troas. It's interesting, Troas means the way. And maybe God's word for you if you're in Troas right now is hold out on because your way may be about to be made clear to you. Amen. Thank God for Troas because the door was open at Troas to take the gospel into Europe, into the remainder of the known world. That word went into Europe. That word began to spread across Europe. And then one day that word got on board of a ship, crossed the turbulent Atlantic, and possibly landed somewhere in Virginia. And it started to spread into North Carolina, into South Carolina, into Georgia, into Alabama, into Mississippi, into Louisiana. And one night in a little church, that word found me and came into my heart. Amen. What, what, what if you are in Troas? I want to tell you, hold on. Because we don't serve a one-door God. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. That we don't serve a one-door God. God always has another door. If you don't believe me, follow me to a skull-shaped hill called Calvary. At Calvary, one Friday evening, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herodians all thought they had closed the door and it would never be open again. But I thank God on Easter Sunday morning, God opened another door. And my word to you today is God has another door. Just hold on. We don't serve a one-door God.